Hello and welcome to Weekend Rental, episode 17, where the podcast that talks about gaming, geek culture, and whatever else comes to mind. My name is Ryan, and with me today we've got Andy. Hello. And Justin. Hey, everyone. All right, so as usual, we're going to kick things off by diving straight into Buy, Rent, Burn. If you are not familiar with the podcast, this is the section where we pick three video games. We each pick one game, uh, and we play them all, and we decide which of those games we would personally buy, rent, or burn. Uh, The system of choice this month, uh, or this episode, rather, is the Sega Genesis, and Andy has gone with um, Pugsy. Justin has gone with The Tick, and I've gone with Death Duel. So those are our games, Um, and now we're going to go back through and just kind of hear a little bit about them and discuss them briefly before we make our decisions. Uh, We will start off with Andy's pick, Pugsy. Again, this came out in 1993. The description on this one, uh, Pugsy is no ordinary game. Using the unique system of Total Object Interaction, or TOI for short, You have to guide Pugsy through some of the best puzzles and most frantic arcade action ever seen in his quest to retrieve his stolen spaceship. Incorporating graphic techniques never seen before, fantastic gameplay, plus a complete junior section for the younger player, Pugsy is destined to become the next worldwide smash hit. Um, That is a very like BS like <laughs> description for a game. Like they love the game that they made. Best puzzle. Does it live up to that? <laughs> yeah. Frantic action. The only frantic action I had was stopping all the barrels that I st- stacked up from falling. <laughs> the shaking when you run into them too. I just imagine these guys, like every trade trade show too with Pugsy, like, Hey, you know what our game's got? doesn't have blast processing and it's total object interaction to you. Why? Yeah. <laughs> we got the, and everyone's just looking at them like, what? <laughs> it's interesting. It's certainly something that you don't see, um, in, in those old games is that like object picking up and actually like using it. And I don't know, it's almost like it's got some sort of physics in it. You can use a gun for traversal. Yeah. Way before Portal did it. So Also, I'd like to point out that when you first pick up the gun, that it's so badass that Pugsy just grabs guns like gangster style, like arm up in the air over his head. Yeah. Like, shoots. I feel like that is quite the uh, animation for <laughs> a blob using a gun. <laughs> it, it's just kind of funny because, like, obviously the first levels are almost like tutorial. They're so short and, like, they just want you to you know, do the one action that they want you to do in order to pass the level. Which in the first case is walk right. Yeah. Like that's literally the interaction. Can you, can you walk right? Let's test this level yeah. one. I, I couldn't believe that. I saw this, this, and I'm like, oh, is this one of those games that has like, oh, 500 levels, you know? And it's just in, increasingly difficult, just little by little. But my four-year-old son was watching me play the first level. And when I walked through and like exited the stage, he's like, there were no bad guys. I'm like, <laughs> I, I guess not. Like, yeah, I'm just as my mind is just as blown as yours right now. Like, I have no idea when a four year old realizes that that's strange though. That's a problem. <laughs> the real skill is whether or not you bring that seashell with you to the exit, because you get bo- bonus points. If you bring the seashell to the exit, I hate those situations where you're sitting there with like three things at the end of the level. And you're like, which one is going to give me the most points? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I hope I don't choose poorly. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I, I love that level where it's like you grab the gun and obviously there's like a crab there right away to shoot. So that's cool. But right after that, it's like, hey, you need to climb up this ledge and you basically hook the end of your gun on top of it and you kind of bounce mm-hmm. up. And that's what a lot of this game is, is getting up to a ledge with an item and just kind of like bouncing up to the ledge. And I don't know, it's kind of interesting, but uh, when you have too many items involved, like especially like a lot of the bonus stuff and a lot of the extra stuff is higher up, you know, like, oh, you need to stack these five barrels to get up there and you just bump it a little bit and like all the barrels just come falling down or get all messed up. Yeah. It's incredibly uh... frustrating. (laughs) So toward the end, I wasn't even going for the higher up things. I would find the exit and be like, okay, what do I need to get to it? And that's about it. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, it, you know, when you first start out, and like, definitely the first couple levels, like, you're very much like, oh, this is kind of a cool, interesting little platformer. And then, <clears throat> yeah, it, it becomes apparently clear that you, this is more of like a puzzle solving game that just happens to have like a platformer skinned around, you know, the majority of the movement. But I don't know. It, it, it's got an art style and like animations that, like, for the Genesis, I think kind of stand out. I mean, even that generation, like, it's just. Like you said, like the almost physics-based aspect with the pieces you interact with is really cool. Yeah, the graphics are almost like pre-rendered, not quite as good as yeah. like Donkey Kong Country, but it it's kind of somewhere in between that. I would say. Yeah, they definitely have like yeah. some depth to them. Like there's like those characters seem like they're almost popping out at you. Yeah. I will say I hated the map screen. I don't know whose design choice it was <laughs> to like take eighty percent of the main screen with just a static map and like have your level select be this tiny little wedge in the corner yeah. like that. That was awful. Like who, who, who wants that? I replayed the same level probably three times. I think it was yeah. before I realized that it wasn't the next level. Cause it doesn't automatically go over either. Yeah, You have to move over too. Yeah. 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 Well, then you hit the wrong button and it just keeps pulling up those bosses. I'm like, why do we just keep seeing these guys? Like, I don't get it. What's happening here? (laughs) Yeah, you have to hit start or something, right? To get into it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not gunboat bad menu system, but it's still not great. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They did such a good job with the rest of the game. Like, how did you screw up the most simple part? (laughs) Yeah. It does kind of remind me, it, it must have been a PC game or something because that's what it reminds me of is like, it sure seems like, like huge maps and you're just kind of going all these different directions, almost like a maze type thing. And like, Oh, I need this item to get up there and this item to get over there. And like almost commander Keenish style. Yeah. 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 A little bit of that mixed with like a little bit of lemmings mm-hmm. just in how like it's more about getting yourself to the end of the level than it is about, you know, and interacting in a way to make that happen. Yeah, yep. it's, I don't know. It, it's very unique. Um, it just, <clears throat> I think it probably, if I had to guess, um, I think it's a good enough game. I, I would guess that this kind of fell victim to the whole, you know, mascot platformer. I mean, sea of, of competing character games, you know, at that time. Which um, I'm so confused you know, about. Like you look at Sonic and you think, okay, that's a badass. They really did a good job marketing him and gave him a nice attitude. And then you make, he looks like a, like somebody crapped in one of those orange sacks that you put leaves in and just like, say, here you go. I was going to say, he looks like a, he looks like a nut sack, like separated from the penis is kind of like, honestly, what, especially the box art. If you really look at that, it is, 
It's a sack on feet. <laughs> it's not a great character. No, so that's like where I'm like, oh, mascot. Like, they really didn't. <laughs> like, that was their best effort at a mascot. Right. Like, this guy is the winner. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They they probably could have come up with a better central character to put on their box art. Because, like, this box art is just I mean, if I looked at that as a kid <laughs> on a shelf, like you said, next to Sonic, I know which one I'm grabbing. I got, <clears throat> I got Sonic. I got Rocket Knight. Hell, even Arrow the Acrobat. If he was next to Pugsy, I would have grabbed. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The the music's pretty awful, though. <laughs> Did not enjoy the music. It's not great. No. Oh. oh. Well, this is it's serviceable. Really music, I guess. <clears throat> I turned the TV down a little bit when I was playing it, so it must have been. Bad enough to <laughs> annoy you. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. So this is was uh, published by Psygnosis or whatever, but yeah, it's Traveler's Tales and Psygnosis. Yeah, which those two have made like both of those are associated with some fairly Traveler's good Tales. Games. That's Lego games, right? I think those are the guys that do all the Lego games. Are they now? Psygnosis, yeah, I think, be. is gone now, but they did a ton of good stuff back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, the PlayStation era, they were huge. Yeah. They put out Wipeout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. There is a Sega CD cool. version, so I, I could see maybe the music being a lot better in that one, obviously, but maybe a different soundtrack altogether. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think like it's a pretty competent game. It's pretty interesting. I mean, if I had the time to sit down, I mean, I could I could see this one being a worthwhile addition to a game collection. I certainly would have played something like this growing up back in that era. And I still yeah. probably would. I enjoyed it. Overall, I think it played pretty decently. Like you guys said, though, the controls were kind of just off. When you get near a barrel or anything you're carrying, it sends everything just flying across the screen. And that was my biggest issue. The barrel stacking is by far like the worst. Like yeah. It's so touchy. Yeah. You could jump to and just like land on it, and it sends the middle one just flying out. Even if you landed on it perfectly, <laughs> I do love that you can scale like, or you can just like scale down giant like cliffs with an item, <laughs> just like sliding down the cliff with an item. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, yeah, it's interesting. So the tick, well, this is obviously the Sega Genesis version. Uh, this came out in 1994. So description. It's night in the city, and there's a new superhero in town. As the Tick, you have the powers and abilities unknown to mortal men. You're strong enough to use the city as your personal gym without a care in the world until those pesky ninjas, hoods, and clowns pick you as their target. It's time to jump into the action and destroy these bad guys once and for all. Um, and for anyone who's not familiar, the tick was oh, a comic book, uh, an animated series, which this is based off of, of like kind of a goofy comic book hero, um, sort of Deadpoolish and like just the comedy vein, I guess. They had a movie too, I think, didn't they? They had a TV uh, show. Um, yeah, was- TV, there was a live action TV show after the animated show. And I actually think isn't. Is it Hulu bringing back a live action show? Uh, I think now Amazon, maybe one of those two. Ha- Amazon, yeah, they, yep, it is. Oh. Yeah, they have one of them. It's Amazon, you're right. Yeah, so this one basically is it's a side scrolling, um, I guess, beat em up type game. Um, honestly, this one, the controls were, they, they weren't terrible, but it was 
really loose for a fighting game, I thought. But uh, the depth perception when you're on, like, you're, it seems like you're always on a bus. <laughs> yeah. On the, for the first couple levels, at least. then you get to the buildings. But the biggest fault too with like the the action is just that there's no depth. I mean, there's really no real depth to a combo system, which is if you're going to keep a beat up, beat them up game. Interesting. Like you have to have a little bit more than just like three button attacks, you know? Yeah. Yep. And everything seemed like they had ranged attacks too. And you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a weird choice too, that you're like going through huge, like open stages of levels. And the only thing coming at you in the way of enemies is just like a ninja screen or a ninja star from off screen or like dagger fall, falling out of the sky like that. Yeah. That's bad game design. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause like who's throwing all that stuff at you if nobody's there? <laughs> <laughs> does it just, does it just rain ninja stars and like spears in this town? I don't understand. You gotta get to the end of the level to find that out. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of personality to it either. Overall, you yeah. know what you would expect from the tick, you know? Right. I, I think they like captured some of the personality with the main character, you know, the tick himself, like oh, yeah. some of the gestures and like he did like the flick, like that stuff translated. But yeah, I mean, on the whole, it felt like they took, here's a generic fighting game. Like let's take this blueprint and then lay the tick on top of it. Like he didn't fit into the generic bland world that they built, um, which I think was weird. Yeah. And kind of obvious, you know, that it was just like, okay, we're just going to crank this out quick. Um, I will say the one thing that I thought was amazing was in, well, not amazing. It wore itself out very quick is like when you fell off of ledges, instead of dying, you just go, it, it, it pops up an enemy and it's like subplot. And then you're down in the street and you have to like take on another, you know, superhero nemesis guy. And then you go back up to the stage where you fell off the ledge and it's, it's cool. I mean, the only other game I've ever seen that does that is clash of demon head on the NES. Yeah. And it was like one of, one of my favorite features of that game also. Um, and it also adds, you know, another layer of like that comic book, like sort of series feel to the tick. Um, you know, there's some good stuff that happens down there. Like, I don't know. Did any of you guys like fall into the pit and like come up against that, like pseudo Clark Kent Superman character? Yeah, took me a long time to figure out what you needed to do there. Right, me too. You punch the crap out of him, and then finally you walk far enough right to pick up the kryptonite, and then yep. it's like one punch done. Yeah. <laughs> so like that stuff like was great, and it made me laugh. The thing is, is like that's you know one tenth of the game. I mean, it's just not that consistently like tongue in cheek or that consistently like fun. I mean, it's yeah. That was the only one I was going to bring up too. Yeah. I loved that. Like that made me laugh. Like, I mean, I had a huge dumb smile on my face when I figured that one out. It was, it was good. Yeah. I didn't get that one. I had one where the sprinting across back and forth. Oh, that guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And the chain. Yeah. And that was guy. the problem too is the, yeah, the, I was going to say, cause like that was where it started to wear thin for me. Cause like I got the chance I got like three times. I'm like, if this is as much depth as you're going to put into this mechanic, like you probably shouldn't run with it so hard because they almost force you to fall in the pits. Cause like you yeah. said, like just random stuff flying across the screen. It like, they always stage them so that they'll hit you and knock you back over a pit and fall in and not a pit, but like a gap between buildings. And he's just such a giant sprite. Oh, huge. Yep. Yeah. And that, yeah. Like, everything. Yep. 
yeah, it's just tough because like this is a beat 'em up game on a system with some of the greatest beat 'em ups of all time. You know, the tick just can't hold its own on the Genesis. I mean, it, you know, the, it's one defining characteristic. You know, just the goofiness of the tick is is not well executed, and the rest of the game doesn't stand up against any of its counterparts in that genre. It must have random. Random what? Oh, when you fall in the pit, it must be random bosses or whatever that show up. Then, huh? It's not. Yeah. Set ones. It's randomized, but I think it's like a limited set that can appear because I think that's where I started seeing the repetition like pretty quickly. They had three of those speed guys in a row. <laughs> that's oh, that's brutal. Yeah, that's he was the I gave worst. On the third one, I think fuck this, I'm done. Well, yeah, there was no strategy to that other than wait for him to come back, punch, sidestep. Wait for him to come back, punch, sidestep. This is dumb. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of like, I mean, that kind of sums up the game to me. It's like it's one coolest feature is also the thing that, like, makes you want to walk away from it after a while, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Especially since you're, like you said, practically forced down there constantly. It's too bad. Has anyone played the Super Nintendo version? Is it the same game, do you know? Or or was this like a case of where they're slightly different? I bet it's the same game. Yeah. I'm not sure, I guess, yeah. Okay. I don't know if I like the transition. Like, right away you start off on that bus, which kind of sucks in like a getting your, you know, beat-em-ups are all about getting in the same lane as the enemies to get it, you know, the same plane to punch them. And if they're toward the bottom, it's tough to, it's easy to just like jump over and fall right off the bus. And it was, it was kind of abrupt beginning to that game. And then immediately after that, it's like, Oh, now we're in 2d, you know, we're a 2d platformer. <laughs> it's like, okay. right, yeah. It was a weird introductory stage. It was like super limited and super difficult to stay in control. Yeah, I agree. Plus ninja, just basic the- ninjas are boring. Yeah. What are you talking about? They had three different colors, red, blue, and black. Yeah. And but, that's awesome. I mean, it's nowhere near the top tier like Growl is. So, mm, Well, nothing can compete with Growl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to Death Duel. Um, so Death Duel, I'll read the description here. I, I read this description ahead of time, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this might be the best description of any game we'll have on Byron Burn and a good long time. <laughs> so this, the description of this one, the searing hiss of metal breaks the silence of dawn. As I step through the fleshy remains of my previous opponent, <laughs> I realize the metal behemoth is more fiercely equipped with deadly rotobore proton rockets. I know I represent our final hope as I mount the Federation's newest war machine, the a seven Trinity cyborg. The signal is given. I must proceed to the dueling ground. Today, death is in the air and mercy in my guns. So let him beg for mercy. Wow. That- and end scene. <laughs> yeah. that- oh, that second line. Oh, step through the fleshy remains. It's like, that's awesome. Yeah, that sounds like like <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin wrote that or something. I'm going to go on a limb here and say if the ESRB existed in this game came out, this would have gotten an M. Yeah. Just on that description alone. Yeah. Among other things that we've seen in the game, too. So. Yes. Nipple pixels, anyone? <laughs> um, we'll get to that. <laughs> but so basically what Death Duel is, is you live in this future 
I don't know what year it is, where every intergalactic and federation-like argument is settled not by law or courts. It's settled by death duels. So they put robots and monsters and whatever into battles to kill each other, and you decide your political outcomings by victory or death. Uh, And this is a very unique game. It almost looks like you'd be playing this as a light gun game. Uh, where you're in a first-person view of sorts, I guess, staring down an opponent across the field. Uh, There are some barriers and things that come up in the way, uh, little bits of cover that you can duck behind. But basically, uh, the strategy is just to figure out the weakness of each opponent, which, which particular weapon will deal the most damage to said opponent, and uh, attack that weak spot and exploit it. Uh, so there's quite a bit of trial and error. And uh, it, it's all done with sort of this weird, like, uh, steampunk, post-apocalyptic art style and, like, vibe around it, I guess. <clears throat> what did you guys think of it? When I first seen it, I was like, oh, this has potential. It seemed like it would be an interesting game. Um, that first boss you go against, it gives you the preset, um, I guess ammo or rounds, whatever you want to call them. And like a couple of them, it, it seemed like the one, the fireball was like kind of like a, it curved up so you could yeah. like get it under certain blocks and stuff when you would, so you could like destroy the wall and then actually hit it underneath them and get the legs out of them and stuff. Um, just the aspect of that was kind of cool, but then it got extremely frustrating because all he sat was behind the wall. <laughs> so then you couldn't do anything else once you took his legs out. So you're either waiting, you know, 30 seconds for him to move. You can kind of draw him out by moving back and forth across the screen and he'll kind of try to follow you. But it was, it was super frustrating. I, I did actually beat the first two and then I got to where you would purchase again and that's when I quit. Um, the second boss was even worse. Just he's so fast. Yeah. Well, that second one always loves to run to the edge of the screen where he's still yeah. on screen, but can't you can't shoot such yeah. like, if you don't take his legs out right away, you are screwed. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Like we, we uh, made a video kind of on this for our YouTube channel just to preview this game a little bit. And that was by far the most irritating thing was that, guy going to the edge of the screen and you can't shoot over to him and he can still shoot you no problems but yeah getting to him was just kind of sucked um but uh, yeah hiding behind the walls that's kind of i can't believe this isn't like a menacer game like you said like a light gun game right yep it's kind of surprising that that wasn't an option but yeah, you know, and you, you, we kind of touched on it like jokingly um, in the stream where it's like, you know, you carved a part off this monster, like skin it like you wouldn't in Monster Hunter. And I feel like that's the sort of game this is. It's a game that like doesn't hold your hand and doesn't really point stuff out to you. But if you're willing to like sink the time into it and deal with like some of the random shit you can't control, when you do finally pull off a win, like it's extremely satisfying. It's just that it requires a lot of trial and error, you know, it, it it's not going to tell you what you need to do or what you need to attack or what weapon set you need to do that. So in that sense, like you're going to be trying stuff and failing repeatedly before you progress. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's good and bad depending on the kind of player you are. I mean, it, it certainly can be frustrating 
Um, and it is, I mean, for me, it, it got frustrating, but it still feels good when you pull off um, the win. I, I do really like the, the art style um, we, <laughs> and it, not just for this reason, but we talked about how it's kind of ridiculous because it's sort of like an edgy game. You know, it's, you know, it's the sort of game you kind of, it would have expected on the Genesis back then. Like, you know, you've got the, the, the round girl or sh- card girl that kind of comes out and holds the, you know, like kicks off the match each time. And she's wearing like Daisy Dukes and has obviously uh, large breasts because I don't know, video games, but then the addition of a pixel, uh, for a nipple on each boob seems unnecessary and kind of <laughs> hilarious given that this came out in 1992. Like if I was a kid and played this in 1992 at the age I was, I would love this game just for that. Uh, <laughs> but then like some of the other like ridiculousness, like the cool art style, like the shop guy with the like little flashing LED or LCD sign that just says touch my monkey. And he's got like a monkey <laughs> on his shoulder. Like, I don't know. There's so much like tongue in cheek, like goofiness to this, that uh, it kind of rounds out the package, but all in all, I, I, it's a very strange game. Like, I don't know that I've played any other game other than a light gun game, which this feels very closely modeled after that, you know, handles like this, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that shopkeeper looks straight out of Mad Max, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> but the violence in the game is something even above most Sega games in 1992. I don't, I mean, Mortal Kombat wasn't quite out yet, right? Yeah, On that's Sega, true. where it's like, I mean, you can shoot these guys' heads right off, and it's just a bloody stump, you know? Yeah, every Which, limb is, is destroyable. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. One thing I was kind of hoping that you would actually be able to see what, like, give a description about the ammo as you're purchasing it, because you don't know anything about it. Really. Yeah. Yeah. That is its biggest so that's downfall. That's where the trial and error comes in, but it, it would have just been nice to... I guess be able to see that a little bit description on it. Yeah, they could have fixed that really easily if they had given you like, even if they had just had like a uh, shooting range where like you could test out like three rounds of each ammo, you know, before you purchased. Because that, yeah, that's yeah. really all they needed to like, or stats, you know, like this is effective against X, you know, that 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 was a key element that was missing from this game to really, you know, let you strategize a little bit more because you, you kind of have to memorize then at what each weapon does. And that's that's asking a lot of a player. Yeah, and some of them are just worthless. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, verdict time. Yep. Andy, do you want to start off with your picks? Yeah, sure. Um, for my buy, I'm going to take Pugsy. Just because I rented that one quite a bit when I was a kid. I know I rented it at least twice. So um, it kind of has a nostalgia factor to me. But... Also, like coming back to it, it's like, okay, this is, they were doing some impressive stuff on an old Sega game and they kind of pulled it off for the most part. So I, I could see me myself playing that even more because the puzzles do get a little bit better. I mean, it's still like traversing the whole area to find the certain items that you need, but it's still kind of like that chips challenge, like, hey, I need this key to get to this key and all that stuff. So I kind of like those games, but. Yeah, I think I'll I'll take that for my buy. For my rent, I'm going to go with Death Duel because I I don't know, overall like we played it up there. I had a good amount of time just laughing, having fun with it, but overall it's kind of a frustrating game. Um, but 
I think if you put more time into it and kind of master like exactly like kind of like what you said, like you can't just play Monster Hunter for an hour and expect to get the the whole sense of, you know, progression out of that where uh, this is probably like a precursor to that game. So I don't know. I, I kind of like that idea, but I don't think I would probably play it again. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to burn the tick because while it is a competent beat em up game and, you know, the sprites look good. And as far as the tick goes and the, you know, the other bigger enemies, I, th- I think that's the most boring game we've played on this whole show. Uh, all the way through like it's perfectly fine like beat em up style but there's nothing to it and i was extremely bored and that and that probably says something about beat em up games in you know our era now they're already kind of a leg behind in that regard but when it's when it's the bottom of the barrel of all those games then it's a problem but yeah, yeah that's gonna be my burn nice justin how about you yeah my my narrow probably gonna be pretty similar here so um my buy is actually gonna be pugsy um i honestly i kind of enjoyed this one other than the issues with the the stacking of stuff and and just the general issue with carrying stuff moving it around um but the overall game was actually pretty fun i thought um so that one's gonna be my buy uh my rent is going to be Death Duel, uh, just mainly because I feel like it had a lot of potential. It was kind of a very frustrating game, and like I said, I, I played it for, I don't know, 40 minutes maybe, and I got, when I finally got through that second boss or enemy, that's when I was, I felt like I had enough done on it, and it was it was fun. I just, I feel like you need way too much time to invest into it. And I don't really want to do that, but that that would be my rent. Uh, my burn is going to be the tick. I feel like I honestly <laughs> I didn't really like this game all that much. I, I felt like it, you know, it played all right and stuff. The enemies is just like Andy said, it was really repetitive. Um, you get the same three enemies that keep coming on the screen. You get the one with swords, the one with the throwing star, and I don't know what the other one was, but and it. I don't know. It just wasn't that much fun for me. So I'm going to burn that one. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, yeah, I guess unsurprisingly, I'm kind of, kind of shocked at this one that we're all uh, kind of lining up here, but yeah, for the same, I, I, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Um, I, I liked Pugsy actually. It was weird. Uh, it's got some problems, but I could totally sit down with that game for a few hours and enjoy myself. Um, Death Duel, you know, of course, I, I, like we've been saying, I think there is another layer there. Um, you look at Death Duel like you look at like a punch out or something. Like I'm not going to sit down and play that game all the time, so it's a perfect rental. But every once in a while, I'm going to try and progress as far as I can. And um, that's <clears throat> that's kind of where that game sits for me. Um, so it, it makes a perfect rental game. And yeah, the tick was just... The tick is the most generic, bland beat-em-up. I've played in quite some time. I mean, it's just repetitive, mindless button mashing, which a lot of beat em ups are, but most beat em ups have more strategy and depth than this. You know, the only redeeming factor for it for me was like the, the nostalgia I had for the character itself. But, you know, just like in real life, if you find a tick, 
you torch that thing and I'm torching, <laughs> torching the tech <laughs> of the Genesis is sadly, uh, it was the game that I thought was going to take the top of this list for me, but it is a disappointment. And how do you ruin a jump kick in a beat em up game? <laughs> exactly. Like, that was my biggest issue. <laughs> yeah. That's the go-to. That was like the first thing yeah. I tried. Like, so bad. I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like the turtles games are, you know, about perfect as far as for beat em up and what I would actually like. Oh, yeah. And I was really hoping that this would be something like that, but no. No. Your comparison, yeah. though, for Death Duel to Punch Out, like, that, that actually. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, it, you have to learn each fighter and punch out and figure out how to beat them. Yeah. yeah. Same concept here. <laughs> it's a little more broke than punch out, but yeah, it's oh, kind of, yeah. it is, it would line up as far as like the way you would approach that game. It wouldn't be like, I'm going to sit down yeah. all day and play this, but uh-huh. every once in a while I would learn, I'd, I'd know how to take on the next opponent and, you know, on the right day, I might get my timing down. And it would work out. And there are more nipples in punch out than death duel. Oh, just on, let's go back and play some more punch out. They're just on the male variety. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely going to go back and play more punch out. Yeah. <laughs> Let me find my copy of punch out. I'll be right back guys. <laughs> All right, so we are through buy, rent, burn. Let's move on to the meat of the podcast here and just talk about what's going on in the world, what's new with gaming or whatever else. Uh, one topic I'd like to dive into right away is a, is an email I got. I think I shared this with you guys a couple of days ago. Uh, I got a, a notification from Sony and the PlayStation Network that they are going to discontinue free games for uh, the service, uh, the monthly free games will be discontinued on the PS3 and Vita as of March of 2019. Uh, PS4 free games will, of course, continue. But um, I don't know. It was kind of an interesting piece of news for me because, you know, obviously brand new, you know, retail PS3 and Vita games are, are harder to find. I mean, they're definitely becoming legacy systems. But you know, there's still going to be a good number of people supporting those consoles in various regions. Um, and that, you know, those are their main systems. So to hear that as of, you know, a year from now, uh, those games are not going to be offered in, in a monthly service. It's kind of a little bit of a bummer, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it had to come at some point though. The PS3, most people that have a job or that game regularly. (laughs) Oh, now. Uh, slightly think, offensive. I mean, if you haven't upgraded this time, do damn it. <laughs> All you deadbeats, you keep your PS3s. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm like, I'm saying that the kids that don't have a job and their parents won't buy it from them. I can understand that, but but also have PS Plus. Yeah, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, it's it's been out. What? How long has PS4 been out? Four years? Five years? Years? Yeah, we're coming up on yeah fourteen. I think it came out. Yeah, yeah. You're, hmm. you're gonna miss this whole system if you don't hurry up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I 
I think the Vita one for me was like, there are still like, especially in other regions, like some very hardcore supporters of the Vita yet. And like, it was nice to get that little bit of a lifeline uh, for the Vita. Uh, I will say me personally, like I have the Vita TV. I don't have the Vita itself. And more often than not, you're presented like the same game across Vita or PS4. And you had to choose which one you were going to download. And I always went for PS4 rather than having it in my Vita library. Um, so it didn't affect me too much, but that's kind of a bummer to lose the Vita. I, I would agree, though, like the PS3. Yeah, I I, I put those games in my download cart, um, but I never, I seldom installed them. But I mean, it is just kind of like, it is a piece of the thing I'm paying for, right? Like uh, the free games, you know, it, it was a nice perk to get, you know, six new games essentially each month across all the systems I own. So it's going to be kind of a bummer to lose some of that. But I mean, like you said, it should surprise, I suppose, no one that this is finally coming. Um, and actually, it's probably a nicer notice that you're getting it a year out instead of like three months before. Right. And it could have been, you know, hey, we're ending it next month. Sorry. Right. But I don't know. I, I feel like the PS3 games that they were giving away anyways weren't all that great. Like, hey, now they gave away Mighty Number no. Nine this month. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Metacritic's best game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that system was garbage. Yeah, yeah. The same could be yeah. said for Vita. I mean, the the, the cross buy stuff with the PS4, like you said, is pretty good. But like the Vita exclusive stuff was generally not that great on the mm-hmm. PS Plus. Um, not at least for a few years. I just, I just love like all the people that. Ever since Sony actually quit making their own Vita games, everybody's like, oh, the Vita's dead. And you have all those supporters like, what are you talking about? No, the Vita's not dead. What are you talking about? You people are crazy. And now those people, like, once you tell them, like, hey, they're not even doing PS Plus anymore. They're like, "Uh, okay, it's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, there was definitely, like, that range where they were doing, like, the occasional um, PSP, like, quality you know, backwards compatible game for the Vita. And there was like, oh, okay, this is great. I'll get this God of War game. Like, that's a great free monthly game. But yep. yeah, you're right. It was mostly hot indie trash. I mean, it was it was getting not not great anymore. Yeah. I'm not saying like, all the PS4 games are amazing either, but they've at least given out, you know, some quality titles lately even. Um, what, not too long ago, they gave away Phantom Pain. This month, they're giving away um, Bloodborne. And Ratchet yeah. and Clank. Like, this is a phenomenal month. Those are both great games, yeah. I yeah. didn't see Ratchet and Clank on there. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's, the, that's, like, maybe the silver lining here is, like, I'm hoping by, like, kind of stopping the bleeding on the PS3 and the Vita, like, maybe we'll get two, like, solid retail releases each month for PS4, uh, which, you know, that's where my focus is now as a gamer anyway. So... Yeah. I mean, I'm all for that if, yeah. if, that, if that'll happen. Because generally it tends to be like, what, one full game and then like an indie game, which is fine. But if I can get like two full games plus maybe an indie game on the PS4 each month, yeah, it's, that's great. That's a plus for sure. And yeah, I had heard a couple of people talking about how great that one last month was too. Um, Mac? Mac? <laughs> uh, <laughs> rhyme or something? Yeah, I've heard that's good. I, I do want to play that one yet. Yeah. You know what's sad is the only one I have played from last month is Nack. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I let my kid play it. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I want to do that. 
I purchased it because I get all the free games, but I don't ever download them hardly. Yeah. That's a good platformer for kids, but yeah. You guys can come back at me when you're, you pay $60 on launch day for knack and play through it. You poor sucker. Did you really? <laughs> no, my wife did, but I watched, oh, no. <laughs> I watched a lot of it. And you're still married. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Reason for divorce. Knack. Oh. <laughs> then they made a knack too. That nobody cared about. I've heard that's a much better game though. Yeah. I mean, I, I will, if I find it in the bargain bin, which I will, uh, for like five bucks, I'll buy it. So, yeah. Yep. You can be ice knack in knack too. You just knack with a bunch of ice crystals. Oh, you can be ice knack in knack one. If you get far enough. Really? I don't I've, remember I've that. Totally been ice knack. No, yeah. Okay. I'm like with a one of five people who've progressed far enough in that game to get the ice. Knack. <laughs> <laughs> you get the achievement. Yeah. 0.00%. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like, I just like, I, I was playing with my kid for a while and I think I came upstairs to like cook lunch or something for them. And my kids run upstairs like all excited. Like dad, dad, you have to come see this. I got downstairs. It's ice snack. I was like, huh? Like, yeah, this is worth uh, running upstairs and getting me for. You don't understand. If you played through all that game until that point, ice snack is a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. They were just so excited. They're like, you have to do it fast. Otherwise it melts. I'm like, okay, that's cool. A melting power up system. This is, uh, this is great. And then Nat gets hungry and thirsty, and you have to refill his bars. Nat <laughs> <laughs> survive. Uh, Coming next year. <laughs> A long time there, I was downloading every PS3 game, and then I didn't boot up my PS3 for like two years, and I'm like, I'm not even going to bother anymore, even like downloading them or putting them in my cart, even, you know? But wow, you don't even add them to the cart. That's, that's yeah, hardcore. Yeah. I do just because I like to see that I saved one hundred and twenty some dollars, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm a, yeah, bargain shopper. <laughs> we should get on extreme couponers. We'll just like pull up our PSN account. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, that, the the free games. Uh, I've been playing Trials of the Blood Dragon, which is free on Xbox this month. Have you guys ever seen anything of what that is? Is this a Trials spinoff, or is this... Yeah, sort of. I mean, it's it's mostly Trials. It's really weird. So, like, Far Cry 3 had, like, an expansion called Blood Dragon. The Blood Dragon, oh, yeah. yeah. So this ties into that? Yeah, it's, like, a mix between that world and a Trials game. So, like... So they made an expansion that ties into another game's expansion. Pretty much. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of bizarre. Like it's trials, but you're like shooting a gun while you're doing trials too. What? Yeah. And there's like guys standing around and you're doing all the jumps like you do in a regular trials game, but you're like shooting guns at them. So they're out of the way, you know? And there's like a platforming section and, you know, you drive a tank and it, the story what? is like really crazy, like overly 80s, almost to a fault, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It seems like it'd be pretty short. Is it broken up like trials or is it like one ongoing like mission? There's not like individual races. Yeah. It's different levels for sure. But there's like some levels oh, okay. where like you're playing the other girl and you're like, it, you can tell it's the trial system, but you're like walking around, you know, and platforming kind of. So it's crazy. So you're not on a bike on some, most levels you are a bike doing the normal trial stuff, but also you can shoot a gun whenever you want on the bike too. Okay. I, I need to play this immediately. 
yeah, it's, I thought it would just be like, oh, it's just like trials, but eighties, but like, no, it's kind of crazy. Like you're like warriors in Vietnam war number four. And like it, it's, it's really crazy. Uh, no, that sounds awesome though. I love trials and like, I always wanted to try like the blood dragon DLC, but just never, never picked it up. So yeah, I might have to do that. Yeah, I mean, and like some levels you're driving a tank and some of it's like an RC car and it, yeah, it's it's all the trials engine, but it's crazy what they pumped out of it. It's definitely interesting. Nice. I uh I've been playing a fair amount of um the Switch and I've been playing they ported the all-time best like tabletop arcade game ever, Spot the Difference to the Switch. So you know that game when you're in like bars and like you put a quarter in and there's two pictures and you have to like touch the different spots to like see what's different between the two photos? It's that. But most of them are X-rated, aren't they? Well, yeah, there is that version. Sadly, <laughs> I don't know why Nintendo hasn't greenlit that on the Switch yet. But this is the uh this is the kids and adults friendly version. Um I don't know, and like I've, before my wife and I had kids and stuff when we'd actually get to go out at night, we would like our one of like our favorite pastimes was to just like sit at the bar and like have a couple of drinks and play that, and then um, we we got really good at it and we would just go around town like everywhere that had a machine and we would just we'd always get like the highest score we could, which in a lot of cases was the top score. So it'd be Wallen's Rule. So then we'd go all over town and like all these machines had like Wallen's Rule all over the leaderboard, which is really lame. But we had a good time with it. So basically, when I saw this on the Switch, I was like, yes, I must have this. Please take my money. Uh, luckily, it was only ten bucks. But um, the beauty of it is, is you can actually do the touchscreen on it with the switch undocked. Um, I assume you do like a cursor sort of setting if it's docked, which would not be as fun. But no. yeah, it was it was totally good. We, my wife and I, have been sitting down and playing it. You know, hour here, hour there. It's uh, it's that game, but on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do you use the yes. same username or high score? I do. Yes. My yeah. leaderboard is filled up like all 10 slots are Wallen's rule right now. So. <laughs> and I don't want to brag, but according to my switch, we're pretty good. So plus you're probably the only person that has that game in Fargo Moorhead. So you're probably or, the best or in North character. America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am the one and only guy who downloaded that. <laughs> This yeah. really speaks to the quality of the eShop, I have to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was my, that's that's been my gaming uh, as of late. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess mainly, well, I've been pretty much still playing Fortnite, but I did uh, recently, with this sale that we got going on on PlayStation, I picked up uh, Titanfall 2, so I'll be playing that some too. But uh, a couple of games that I'm actually really interested in that are coming out here in the near future. Um, we got Sea of Thieves, which we've talked about before. That's actually coming out the 20th. Um, and that, that's going to be coming up here pretty quick. So I'm pretty excited to play that one um, when that actually comes out. But the game that I actually just recently found out about and... I'm very interested in checking this one out. It's called A Way Out. Um, and it's made by the same guy that created Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Um, I guess EA created a publisher, or not, well, they created a developer studio, I suppose, Hazelight. 
So this one I'm pretty interested in. Um, it's kind of a different concept than a lot of games I've ever seen. Um, it's more focused on couch co-op or online co-op. That's the only way you can play it is you have to have two people. Uh, one person plays one character, the other plays the other character, and they're both on screen at the same time, split screen. So one person could be in a cutscene, the other person could be walking around playing their story, and basically they're trying to break out of prison and survive. Yeah, and it's all real time, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Hmm, so it's like a prison break scenario, but you need a buddy to do it, huh? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know a whole lot, because I've only seen a handful of trailers on it, but looks pretty amazing. I watched, there was an interview with, uh, like, Joseph or something, the guy that created it, I think. Well, yeah, thing. you said it was the same guy who did Brothers, right? A Tale of Two yep. Sons. Yep. <clears throat> Which that game alone is, like, one of my favorite gaming experiences, like, ever. I, I've played through that game multiple times at this point. It's, I mean, excellent. If they, if they can pull off that same level of, like, uh, inter-character, like, dependency, but, like, bring in another person, like, that's going to be pretty awesome. Well, that's what his goal was, because he said that he loved the way Brothers played, but he just wanted to get that two-player aspect into it and have the same feel. Right. But where you guys actually had to, like, communicate and work together to achieve, I guess, is kind of what he was saying. Was saying then what they probably didn't take into account was stupid kids on the internet being obnoxious and just trolling you because i'm sure that will happen this sounds like a game that will be excellent but you can't just drop into a match you know you won't be able to you have to know the other person like oh really it forces you to have somebody on your friends list well you have to you can't join a random person like you'd have to know them yeah huh. okay so it's like well, an invite system there's no like lobby matchmaking yeah, no. From what it sounded like, it's it's co-op, so you have you have to know the person that's joining you. Right. Well, that makes sense. Or couch co-op. He's he said that he wanted it mainly couch co-op, but today's day and age, you can't do that really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of nice that they have both options because yeah, definitely for you know working adults and finding the time to like sit down on a couch with somebody is tough, but if you can do it through the power of the interwebs, yeah. I hope they can pull off the same type of feeling and atmosphere because like brothers, like the controls of that game made it like play into the story, like hundred percent. Like I've never played a game that the controls were so integral into the story. And uh, once you separate it into two different two controllers, you kind of lose that aspect a little bit. So hopefully they can just like the, the, the the split screen and it's all happening at the same time. I I imagine there's some cool stuff that you can do that way too. So hopefully they go that route. Yeah, yeah. Well, and hopefully they can tell a story that's like just as moving without you know having much in the way of you know yeah story itself. You know, if you can just like progress the story through environments and like on screen emotion. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see what that that's gonna do. Well, I'm pretty pumped. And that guy, this. that Joseph, he came from movies, I believe. Like he was a movie maker. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Brothers was his first. His uh, he was talking about that too because he wanted it to, you know, where you actually had, you know, connected to the character you're playing. That's where he got the movie aspect from, I guess. Sure. I think it's like a thirty dollar game too. That's about right. That's what Brothers was. So that's worth trying. Yeah. So it's a pretty good deal. Um, so uh, 
when is this coming out? Uh, March 23rd. So it's yeah. what? Three weeks away. Is it uh, PS4, Xbox, PC, or what? Yeah, um, all of them. PS4, okay. Xbox, and PC. Uh, but that, yeah, that one I'm really excited for. Check it out. Yeah, since we're talking about movies, um, I don't know did anyone else see the movie-related news as far as gaming went. You know, they've recently talked about how we're going to get a new Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, it's going to be animated, which is not the news I'm referring to, but they've announced that Sega and Sonic are <laughs> working on a brand new Sonic movie. And the best part is people it's going to be live action and CGI. So that means we can get that on screen real life, um, bestiality kiss. That is the pinnacle of perfection from Sonic 06. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so much better when the woman's not animated too. And she's a real person kissing a right. Right. Jog on screen. <laughs> I love I love watching girls kiss like green screened items <laughs> that are inanimate. <laughs> like, uh, uh, what are they doing? Like, I mean, this this is perfect. Like, it falls in line. Like, I, it's almost like the joke, right? Yeah. Like the Sonic the Sonic Twitter has become so self aware that I feel like they've completely like taking it to a step way too far that they're actually like spending millions of dollars making the joke and not telling anybody. (laughs) Yeah. I just like there, it's so rare that you get a live action and CGI crossed kids movie that is successful. Like Alvin and the chipmunks was kind of the rare exception. But I mean, most of the time these things don't. Well, even Roger rabbit wasn't that X wasn't that right. You know, popular, I guess. And you know, the other thing too, is like the Sonic boom show that's on cartoon network right now. That's a good cartoon. Like my kids watch it all the time. It's funny. Like it's a good Sonic thing. Like why not just leap off of that because kids already know it and just make a full length movie. Like that's at least going to sell some like DVD copies or make some money on Netflix or Redbox. Like why go the, I just, I can't understand in what world we would need to cross live action and Sonic. Like it it makes no sense. No. I mean, kids are, are not that interested in seeing live action stuff. You know, they see it and they're just like bored after a while. So Sonic would have to be in there a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I don't know. I can't wait for the shit game. That's going to come out to tie into it. It's going to be phenomenal. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) It's a dating sim. FMV dating sim with Sonic. <laughs> It'll be an AR game. It'll be horrible. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Sonic, a movie, that's a thing. <laughs> Can't wait. 2019, it's coming, <laughs> folks. <laughs> you know, if I was back, if I knew all the information I do now, and I was still in the schoolyard fighting with all the guys like saying, no, Genesis is better, Sonic's better than Mario, and I saw all this coming. No way. Yeah. It's been a rough uh, 20 years for Sonic at this point. Yeah. Almost. Every step forward is two steps back, it seems like. Yeah. I've been in a weird... I don't know how this happened. It was just completely coincidence. But like pretty much all media that I've been taking in has to be of the underwater variety. Go on. Where... (laughs) 
a while You're ago. You're underwater, or the media is based out of underwater stuff? Yeah, the media is. So, like, okay. a while ago, we started putting on uh, Blue Planet, which is like planet Earth, but it's mm-hmm. all about, like, fish and stuff. Sure. So, we've been watching that here and there. And then I downloaded a game on Xbox called Subnautica, which is kind of a survival game, but it's all underwater. So like you're using submarines and you're swimming around collecting all the stuff to build, you know, area. It's, it's kind of Minecrafty a little bit, not so much on the building so much, but uh, more survival, I guess. And then our movie that we picked for David Crane's Amazing Movie Time ties into <laughs> this also, as I'm well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Go on. So yeah, it's been a lot of underwater, just like like I'm sitting, like I wake up in the morning, go in the shower, and I'm thinking about fish, and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Swimming around. I wake up in my bed, and I'm all wet. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a water bed? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it could be worse, right? At least you're not, like, constantly... I went through a period of my life where, like, everything I read and watched uh, movie-wise was zombie stuff. So, like, I, all I could think about when I would sleep at night, I'd have, like, these horrific <laughs> zombie nightmares of, like, zombies chasing me across a bridge and like it just went on loop and I was like, this is where you need to break the habit. So yeah. you're lucky in that it's just fish and water. I mean, it's could be worse. I've just never had it, had things line up so coincidentally like that before where it's not like something like I'm going out to be like, Oh yeah, I, I want to, I really want to go after this, you know, <laughs> your l- life is just naturally guiding you towards yes. you know, like, like I'm, I'm like looking up scuba lessons at this point, you know, and, <laughs> well, well, luckily you live conveniently close to a lake yeah. uh, then you're going to start it's, <laughs> you're going to watch that episode of uh, Metalocalypse on loop where they're making like the Mermaider the Mermaider yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Mermaider album all recorded underwater it's a death metal album for fish <laughs> fish don't have a lot of good metal music uh, uh, that show's great yeah <laughs> So I don't have any like other, uh, <laughs> this is a fish topic. I don't know how to segue out of this. So, uh, <laughs> Hey, speaking, speaking of the Oscars, uh, the, the shape of water one, <laughs> a best picture about having sex with a fish. <laughs> uh, oh, no, all I can think of is that Kanye West South park joke. You ever see that episode sticks, where it's just yeah. like, yeah, like, <laughs> do you like fish sticks? Yeah, you're a gay fish. It's like the whole episode. <laughs> it's like 30 minutes of that dumb joke. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so I was I, I kind of wanted to go on like a mini rant here of sorts. Not a rant so much, but just something that's been growing as like an annoyance for me with, with gaming. And this the switch moreover is that I'm getting really annoyed that all of these fantastic Wii U games are coming out on Switch and now everyone gives a crap. Yeah. Like like I'm sorry the Wii U is horribly marketed, but it had some fantastic games that people could have readily picked up and played through, and they're largely unaltered <clears throat> moving over to the Switch. It's it's just like 
the whole legacy of this, like the Wii U is getting just completely steamrolled because they're just gutting it, almost pretending it didn't happen and like pushing it over to the switch. And I don't, as someone who, I mean, I, I admit like the Wii U is not a successful console, but I, I genuinely enjoyed the system. Like I just, it, it kind of irks me a little bit. I, I know it shouldn't, but it's a, it's a trend I'm not liking with, with the current state of the switch and Nintendo and just, for one thing, if you were a supportive Nintendo fan through the Wii U, like I'm like my best biggest releases are just things that I've already bought. Like what's the incentive there for me? There isn't any other than, oh, I can carry it on the go. Well, that's great. Well, I've already sunk 50 hours into this game, but I, I don't want to do that. Like it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And then everybody else just talks about these games like, oh, this is a bit like Mario Kart won some award, like the Dice Award, like best racer of the year. Like that came out three freaking years ago how does it get an award <laughs> it added battle battle mode maybe battle mode is the, well, the award-winning <laughs> segment no not really I don't know. uh it's i mean i'm kind of i'm kind of bitter against that as well but that's more so that like i'm a wii u collector so now it's like i feel like it's taking the shine away from everything you know like i <laughs> Like you said, it's it's taking the best things of that console and just kind of be like, well, now it's on Switch and there's like one extra thing that makes it the definitive version, you know, on the Switch. Right. So there's very, it's starting to get to the point where there's not many reasons to be like, okay, I, I want the Wii U and these games, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the heavy hitters, like even some of the sleeper hits, like I look at Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which was a fantastic game, especially in the year that it came out. And like, that's even getting moved like that. I did not expect that to get ported over, you know, Bayonetta and Bayonetta two just got a re-release, which I'm sorry. Like Bayonetta two was like probably the shining jewel of the Wii U collection um, or like its releases in general. And I, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm super glad that millions and millions more people are going to play these games, but I don't know. I just, I feel like Nintendo's actively trying to sweep, what they consider a mistake. Well, okay. Not they, like everyone considers a mistake under the rug because it was, it was a colossal like misstep for them as a console. But I don't know. I just feel like that's a disservice to like a little bit of their legacy and like to their diehard fans who were there regardless. Yeah. Because I'm kind of, I'm kind of of the mind. And I think a lot of people are that like, I don't buy a Nintendo system to have it be my main gaming console. I mean, I haven't in generations now. That's it's just not where they're at. I buy Nintendo consoles to get the 10 or so best experiences I'm going to get of that gaming generation, which is going to be their first party exclusives. <clears throat> so, I hope they don't just continue with this instead of and like use it to pad out what becomes like a weak lineup of first party titles over the next few years. Um and I and I realize like I sound like a moron saying that when you know, we just had, you know, Mario Odyssey come out. Um, I don't throw uh, Breath of the Wild into that because that, again, is still a Wii U game. Um, but, I mean, obviously they're putting work into good first-party originals, but I don't know. I'm maybe I'm, I'm probably looking at it cynically in that I'm looking at it as them just kind of trying to, you know, cover up their blemish. But, I mean, also, I mean, there's a positive to people who, let's be honest, like most of the people on the planet didn't get into these games on the Wii U, but I don't know. It, it's just frustrating as someone who like loved that console, 
even when it wasn't the cool thing to have. And now it's like, oh, cool. I have your new console that everybody else loves and you're just selling me the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like the greatest thing to him. And it's like, well, I've been, this has been my <laughs> Nintendo life for right. three, four years now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that like 90% of my Wii U purchase or my switch purchases have been indie games because all the stuff that everyone else is clamoring for. I have, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Pretty much. And, and you know, and I'm not complaining cause like it, it's still working out and I'm still playing the switch a lot. It's just like, I wish I could be excited like you, but been there, done that. Right. And it, yeah, it's, it's just not enough to get you the next thing either. It's always just like one little bit. Like I love donkey Kong, but funky Kong is not going to make me buy that game again either. You know? So I think they are losing some total sales off of that, but I probably not much. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, that's the thing too, is like, like you brought up a good point with Mario Kart and like the battle mode, but like I looked at Mario Kart a lot and I was like, well, I get all the DLCs, so maybe it's worth it. And I just like sitting there one day playing Mario Kart eight uh, with my kids and the Wii U. And I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know what? I'm just gonna spend the 15 bucks and get all these extra maps and save myself another 40 bucks. Cause why not? Yeah. Like I don't need it for the switch. Yeah, but <clears throat> Nintendo and switch rant aside, please send all your hate mail, uh, <laughs> attention, Ryan, you dumb bastard to weekend rental <laughs> podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We'll, we will read them on the next show. Yeah. <laughs> Overall. I mean, I think we both can agree that it's better that it's more accessible to everybody. I mean, it's, it's not like yes. the, like at this point, the switch is just as cheap as the Wii U is almost like if you're going to get oh, yeah. the game. So like, yeah. It, it, oh, and there's no argument that it, it is the superior system. I right. mean that of course it is. Yes. Nobody's going to recommend you to get the Wii U instead of the switch, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't see a whole lot of, is the Wii U still worth it in 2018 videos on YouTube? Other than Justin, <laughs> who bought a Wii U instead of a switch this year. <laughs> 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 i mean it was it was pretty good price. yeah it was a good deal yeah if i mean you will never i mean at the price that you got that wii u for like that they will never get that cheap because the supply is not i mean yeah you you could already like double your money on it so you'd be stupid right. not to buy that thing. yeah no like as what you guys are talking about there from somebody that really didn't have an interest in either of these consoles like i'd I don't want to get a switch, I guess, but I don't really care. Um, I, I can see why they're doing it because the switch is the, you know, the better selling console. So they want to get the games that everyone, well, you know, eight people that played it on the Wii U <laughs> liked. They want to get them onto the switch. So those people can enjoy it. I think it makes sense, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of a shitty move because then the switch isn't getting the content that they should be getting to. I completely understand what you guys are saying there. It's yeah. Just, it sucks. <laughs> it, and one, the thing is, is it's like to the extent that it's happening, it's sort of unprecedented for Nintendo. I mean, you know, they've done this before with like re-releasing like the Mario advance line, but <clears throat> to just sort of take a whole swap against your previous generation and just push it on the next thing is a little unusual. You guys watching uh, the walking dead? Sadly, I am not. No. no, I haven't even seen last season. Oh, okay. I I got some information spoiled for me, though, but I don't want to talk about it because I'm already mad that I got it spoiled for me. 
<laughs> it didn't. I suppose no. Netflix doesn't have the. Not yet. It'll be August, I suppose, before they're out. Yeah. Yeah. I contemplated buying like the season pass or whatever. It was like forty bucks. I was like, ah, I don't know if I need to see it now. That bad. Yeah. Good season so far, though. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty good. Um, the first, what it's been what two weeks now? I suppose it's been on the first one. So their first episode back, you know, they typically do an hour and a half. Yep. Personally, I felt like it should have been a half hour. <laughs> See, isn't <laughs> that the problem? They always so like drawn draw out. them out. Yeah, like it. it I, I guess it had to be done the way they did it because it gave a lot of story and stuff like that. I don't really want to wreck anything for you, but um, like it, it gave a lot of story, so I, it makes sense why they did it that way. I, I just, I, I wasn't hit emotionally by it. I guess so. It didn't. It could have been shorter. <laughs> Yeah, I always kind of feel like those longer episodes are just like they're never needed to me. It's and then the the other thing too, like besides them drawing out the actual episode itself unnecessarily, is they like double down on the ad breaks. So it's like, oh, I'm glad yeah. we got to come back for two minutes and <laughs> went to five minutes of commercials and then thirty seconds of stay tuned for the Talking <laughs> Dead. I'm like, yeah, I'm aware that you do the Talking Dead. I don't need to hear it eight times through this episode. <laughs> Thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah so that's like where i'm kind of because i've i've kept current on the walking dead up to this season like watching them live so i'm kind of yeah. looking forward to just waiting and getting them all on netflix so i can avoid some of that crap and just plow through it in a weekend but right no it's, it's definitely like a lot of people i've talked to at work they're talking about how they're done with it they don't want to watch it anymore it's old and boring but i mean it, it keeps it's still interesting like adding well, like i said i don't want to wreck it but character changes i suppose yeah i'll keep watching it until they remove rick like once rick's not a character i think i'm probably not invested anymore but they did say they want to keep the show going for 20 more years so i guess everyone's <laughs> gonna have to leave eventually <laughs> people that work at destiny <laughs> in on this at all or like, yeah. This is our 20-year plan. Plan? They don't even plan six <laughs> months ahead. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess uh, State of Decay 2, we've talked about this prior in earlier episode. Uh, probably a couple of them. Cause this is another game that I've been really, you know, impatiently waiting for. So much that I actually forgot that they were making it. <laughs> and then, Wait a minute. And then... <laughs> and then... um. I had actually seen that they announced a release date finally. Well, they had said 2018 for how long now, but they actually announced a release date, and that's um, May 22nd, tentatively. Wow. Oh, wow. So, kind of exciting. Within the next like two months here, there's a handful of games that I'm actually interested in. <laughs> Was that exclusive to Xbox One? And PC? Yeah, Xbox One and PC. It's coming on Game Pass, right? Yep, that that one, um, Stid, or, uh, um, Sea of Thieves, are both going to be on Game That's Pass. Worth it for those two, then. Nice. And then we'll so get those two down. alone. Yeah. <laughs> crack out in like four years. <laughs> when it comes out. <laughs> but yeah, those two alone, like, Game Pass, honestly, might be worth it just for those two alone, as of right now for me. But Yeah, I'll probably buy it to play State of Decay rather than just buy State of Decay. I saw you threw that message up on like the $30 price point too on Facebook. And 
I didn't, until I had read that, I was like, oh yeah, that is coming out. <laughs> I was in the same boat as you. I just kind of, yeah. Oh yeah. When I tagged on Facebook. Yeah. 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 I, <laughs> I had seen it today. I actually looked at my phone cause a notification went off and it was a guy from Xbox, um, major Nelson. Or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. He, uh, tweeted out about it. So I looked it up a little bit and seen that it, had the release date tentatively for the 22nd. So hopefully that doesn't change. Yeah. Uh, pretty good price point. I think the other one was about the same, so it makes sense, but this one's they're supposed to have, it's supposed to be a bigger map and multiplayer too. You said, right. Co-op finally. It's, yeah. yeah. And I think that's, yep. that's what you need in that sort of game. So yeah, I would definitely be excited to jump on there and do some zombie survival. Yeah, uh, hopefully it, it plays similar to the first one at least because the first one, like the gameplay-wise, it felt great. There was a few mechanics that I suppose it could fix, but for the most part, like it's better than most other survival games I've played compared to, what, Dying Light, <laughs> Dead Island? Yeah, Dead Island. Dying Light actually played pretty good. Yeah, but, I almost bought Dying Light again because it was on the developer's sale or publisher's sale. It was tri- 13 bucks. Yeah, and it was like the full thing, but I was like, I would play through that again. Okay, moving on to the fail bag, where we answer 20-year-old questions from video game magazines as if they were addressed to us, and we give advice back to the person that asked the question. So hopefully that, you know, after all these years, they finally have the answer to their question, the true answer. So starting off here, I am in the official Sega Dreamcast magazine. They had one of those? Yeah, it didn't last too long. Uh, just okay. like the Dreamcast. <laughs> this is episode. This is a uh, issue number two. Glenn asks. First off, I would like to say I just bought your your first magazine yesterday, and I love it. Keep up the good work. I also have a question. I am a huge RPG fan, and I love all of Square's games. Will Square make any future RPGs for the Dreamcast? Also. I've heard a rumor that Konami is making a sequel to Metal Gear Solid for the Dreamcast. Is that true? No. (laughs) Uh, Glenn, how do you feel about Sega games and uh, some Capcom games? Because that's about all you're going to (laughs) get. This just reminds me like this time I went into before Software Etc. merged up with GameStop. Like I was going in to buy like some PlayStation game back in the day. Like I go up to the counter to pay for it, and then the guy at the counter is like, "Hey, you like Resident Evil?" I'm like, "Yeah, I like Resident Evil, of course." It's like, "Well, you better buy a Dreamcast because uh, Resident Evil is now exclusive to the Dreamcast." I'm like, "Okay," and it was for all of like I don't know five minutes. The Code Veronica one, yeah, yeah. Like it's all going. Capcom's going all. I mean, there was so much speculation. Like he's obviously not like speculating, but I I've, I feel like there was almost that like sense of there could be like a lot of heavy hitter exclusives on the Dreamcast, and then it just all fizzled with like that looming threat of the PS2. Yeah. 
so I think like in an alternate universe, like totally we could have gotten Final Fantasy games on, you know, uh, a Dreamcast and you know some of those sequels, but it just didn't pan out that way. Plus, that I mean, man, Final Fantasy would have been such a huge leap to get onto a Sega system. I mean, those have never that that didn't exist. You know, Metal Gear I could see being in the Dreamcast. That you know, Metal Gear would have looked amazing on the Dreamcast. On actually, you know what? A sliver of hope for this guy. You can play Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> um, yeah, you can get an up-res version. There's this totally legal software called Bleemcast <laughs> that uh, will not be shut down for any reason. Uh, that allows you to do that. So there you go. We helped. Yep. Only one game, though. That's the only you have to buy the Bleem just for that one game. <clears throat> and then you can also buy the Bleem for was it? Gran Turismo 2 is the only other one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Still an amazing technical marvel that happened, but yeah. Uh, so I guess in a way, yes, you're going to get Metal Gear. On your yeah. Cast. I'm just confused by this guy. Like this, like day one, you should know that the Dreamcast probably isn't your machine if you're big on Squaresoft and right. Konami. You know, like they didn't support Sega before that all that much. Not in the, not in those, you know, end of life days at least, you know. But I suppose if he was a big RPG buff, he was like, "Yes, Fantasy Star," you know, and then maybe that's what got him into yeah. the console, and you know, maybe I'll also get these other games. But yeah, not so much. Yeah, just never happened. No. Okay, Timothy from Newfield, New York, says, "Last summer I purchased a Sega Genesis. The real reason uh, for buying it was Hardball Three. I have had a Super Nintendo since Christmas of 93 and Hardball 3 was only out on Genesis, so I bought one. Now it's coming out on Super NES and it has the MLB license. (laughs) And the Genesis one doesn't. The point I'm making is if the games aren't made by Sega or Nintendo, they will come out on both systems. Another point is that the game on the Super NES costs more, even if it's the same game. For instance, Tecmo Super Bowl on the Super NES cost $74.99, and the same game for the Genesis costs $69.99. Only a $5 difference, but it adds up after a while. The Super NES game is better anyway, graphics-wise. The same with NBA Jam. With the exception of Mortal Kombat, the games on Super NES are better. Only people with both systems can judge this, like myself. Oh, okay, he's an elitist, is he? Oh, yeah. On the bus. I look down on you, non-dual console-owning <laughs> peons. <laughs> yep. On the bus, I hear little kids say they want a Genesis for Christmas or their birthday, but they're not getting the truth from advertisements. I have to congratulate Sega on their advertising with the way they can totally deceive people, but that's what they're supposed to do. I have just one more question. Why aren't all the games released on the same day for each system, like Bill Walsh College Football or NBA (laughs) Showdown 94? God. Both of these games were released on the Genesis first. Why? I have a question. Why are you buying consoles to play sports games? Who does this? I do. You don't count. (laughs) (laughs) I like this guy. I, well, it's confusing to me because I mean, he, he's, he's like complete elitist elitist that says, Oh, super NES is the best for obviously. And he's like, there's a lot of truth to that, but the one case it's not 
is sports games, which seems like right. what he's all into. So, well, and like, so like all these questions he's asking are just like the most boring, like ass back business questions, right? I mean, the difference is in like those are the those are the cost of the components and the cost of the licensing fees. Yeah, Nintendo obviously things. More. For right is flat out more why do some games come out on some systems first and late because back in that day a lot of studios just didn't have the resources to put out multiple console launches and develop them publish you know at the same time so a lot of times they would release on one console hand off to somebody else to publish on another i mean that's just the way it worked i just like my whole mind is blown that well, one that this guy is like so judgmental about the fact that only freaking multiple console only console owning elitists could judge any such cross-platform gaming (laughs) and then also that he's looking down on people while buying every sports game that comes out for whatever console he owns i like i hope that some kid on the playground with an aes just like kick dirt in this kid's face (laughs) it was like screw you 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 you're beneath me if if you know Let's be honest. Kids with AESs didn't go to school. They were, yeah, they were yeah, privately that's tutored. So. Right, that's right. They did probably don't even have jobs. They got that, uh, yeah. you know, that inheritance from mom and pop. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I just, I the, this whole thing blows my mind because, like, I don't remember any. Like, everyone had a sports game. Everyone played a sports game back then. But I don't recall a single person who only bought sports games and was like that was their lifeblood. I mean, right. for Hardball Three, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is not even a notable baseball series. No, no, and that like if you're that into sports, like just go and play them. Yeah, you were into the EA games, and that's the gen- that's you know that's what the Genesis actually did okay at. So. Right. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, let's go on the other side of the fence to a Sega fanboy here, Carl from Bergenfield, New Jersey says can you do that in a rick grimes voice carl 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 Carl. say it like a zombie's attacking him (laughs) his life depends on you yelling carl in a way that is so meaningful here's my impression of rick when uh carl's in trouble so oh sorry he's not here (laughs) that was terrible The joke is he's not there for Carl. Uh, okay. I, get it. I get it. Okay. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you read. I will let you read this thing and get off the Carl. Okay. I know that Nintendo and Sega are trying to duke it out for the number one spot in the 16-bit era of the video game industry. And well, My personal feelings are that I like the Genesis better. I feel that the performance and quality of the Super NES has been over-exaggerated. Does this world really need another 16-bit system on the market? You say that Super Nintendo can produce sounds unheard of from other systems. Well, the SNES only has 8 channels of stereo sound with voice sampling, while the Genesis has a whopping 9 channel stereo sound and voice sampling the super nes does generate large sprites but what's the point of having all those great big graphics when it doesn't even have the megahertz to move them quickly 
Gradius III was a perfect example of this atrocity. This is a serious subject to me, and I'm hoping that you won't overdo it with the Super, ne- Super NES reviews and continue to give the Genesis the recogni- recognition it deserves. I think I can answer this pretty simply. And all I need to say is, why swarm your brain? <laughs> yeah. End of discussion. <laughs> Super Nintendo wins! I guess, I guess nine channels wasn't enough for that. <laughs> Uh, if it's such a serious discussion for him i don't feel like he fully researched um yeah no this is a extremely weak argument from him saying that you know one more channel of voice is better when clearly the super nes sound chip was way better oh absolutely yeah the thing with like the genesis is like that the sound chip there like in the hands of a talented person could put out some amazing stuff but more often than not it just churned out garbled incomprehensible like i need to just turn the sound off soundtracks yeah uh, there's a certain appeal to well done genesis sound uh, effects and soundtracks but though that is so much more the exception than the norm and like you said like the sound chip was probably the one thing that really catapulted um you know, the SNES. I mean, cause I, I mean, I don't even take like the visual thing, like visually, like they're pretty even keel, like, you know, with, with a good developer, but when you put the sound chip on top of it, like that really made, um, a lot of the games in the super Nintendo, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I love that. The, this guy, uh, brought out the word megahertz like that. That is totally a word that you would use in the console wars like that, you know, blast processing, <laughs> right? It's right there with last processing. <laughs> now the mode seven sound effects are pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, to this day, some of the best video game music was done on the super Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, just kind of funny, but I mean, the real question is, does this world really need another 16 bit system on the market? Like that's, that's a valid question. Like well, that is a good question. No, but <laughs> Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it's those two. They're both amazing consoles, of course. Because it's taken up coverage in my game pro. I suppose that is like a fairly like uh, time sensitive question though, right? Because for most of America, I mean, you had the 2600, then it died. And then you had like in the eyes of children anyway, you know what I'm saying? Then you had the NES and that was your video game system. Yeah. And that ended, you know, so there wasn't, obviously the master system was there. Obviously there was ColecoVision and television. Like there were, but like mainstream wise, like a lot oh, of yeah. people didn't know. And I didn't know there were other consoles. So yeah, the fact that there were two like major competing consoles in the 16 bit era was probably the first time that, you know, it, the average Joe was well aware of, of two options at once, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. That's probably the first, yeah, that's the real console. First console war, right? Was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, the Super Nintendo's way better sound wise. Stupid kid. I don't know. Drum and bass. Pretty good on Sega. Is that a sequel to Soul Jam and Earl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Israel from Perrysburg, Ohio. Lately I've been reading your mag a little more closely and become quite interested in Atari's Jaguar. I have numerous questions about it, 
that are burning to be answered. So far, the system sounds like the real deal. With 64 bits, great sound, and a very low $250 price tag, I'm left in awe. It sounds like its quality exceeds that of the 3DO and Philips CDI, especially price-wise. Well, that's true, but it's also not, <laughs> not a good thing either. But It's not how life works. The cheapest thing is usually not the best. <laughs> I mean, even if it beat the 3DO and CDI in quality, it doesn't, still doesn't mean it's tremendous. Yeah, we're... <laughs> Where are you yeah. setting that bar? Yeah. The problem is, with every new system comes a few speed bumps. You see, I'm a proud and dedicated owner of a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and a Genesis. I adore these machines because they have produced the most beautiful carts ever. The Nintendo takes credit for games such as Mega Man, Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy, Star Tropics, and while the list is endless. The Super Nintendo brought us Street Fighter 2 and Star Fox, while the Genesis endowed us with... Fantasy Star 2, and top-of-the-line sports games. What I'm worried about is whether or not this young jungle beast will be enough to satisfy my hunger for quality classic carts with plenty of replay value like aforementioned games have. It is easy for others because they have already have top names under their wings to support them, and if they ever fall into a creativity slump, they can always fall back on their arcade hits. The Jaguar, on the other hand, doesn't have those types of advantages. Another thing that not many of people have considered yet is whether or not this will be a repetition of history. As we all know, Atari was the first big name in video games, but a couple of years later, they found themselves extremely outdated in a world of new and exciting games. Now Atari is trying to come back again. It is a crying shame that they had not they had to choose to come back at the worst possible time. Why? Because of Nintendo's Project Reality. Not only is Nintendo trying to pull off the big VR, but let's face it, the virtual reality can't be too far around the corner. I feel like that last part is still like something that's being said today in 2018. So. <laughs> hey, it's right around the corner. <laughs> if, you're, if you're still waiting for VR to be around the corner, maybe in another 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. I put my PSVR on. I'm like, okay, the Jaguar is dead. <laughs> And let me tell you that Project Reality for Nintendo is going to pan out super. Uh, <laughs> it certainly won't be delisted from their official website as a console yeah. they released. <laughs> I feel like the funny thing with this is like so much emphasis on the Jaguar just to take a plug at like how great Nintendo is. <laughs> like, right yeah. it's like you did all of this just to plug Nintendo. Come on, kid. Pretty much. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, the whole thing to be like, oh, I'm worried about the Jaguar doesn't have a back catalog. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that's what they used half the time on there. Well, to wonderful success, because we needed, like, <laughs> updates of, like, Breakout and <laughs> Defender. <laughs> yeah. Those were games that we were just clamoring to have back. <laughs> <laughs> I also found it comical that he listed uh, Street Fighter 2 as being, like, the flagship game for the Super Nintendo when that came out on the Genesis also, but. Yeah, might not have been at this point. I yeah, well, I'm not that's sure. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how like all of these magazines that we're kind of going through, like the, the like the best period of our lifetime as far as games go. Yet, like the rumor mill was all about the Jaguar, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah we've had like how many Jaguar based questions? Like it's unbelievable. 
yeah, it kind of dominates these just because it's like they made a big splash and then it completely bombed. So it's like you got both sides of that, like kind of in the news there and how it affects the industry. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably because they brainwashed kids because they had such a good advertising, like, and marketing push with the Jaguar of like talking about how great and powerful it was with giving you snippets of games that looked really amazing, but not showing you enough to like let you quickly realize that, oh, yeah, these are flaming piles of shit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, it was easy for kids to be all hyped up about the Jaguar shit. I was, but there were, uh, it was it was very well advertised and very poorly executed, I guess, is kind of the legacy of that thing. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't have thought the Virtual Boy was a <laughs> a worrisome situation for him, though. Like, I remember seeing that thing, and I did not like that. Like, the store demo, do you remember those things? Yep, yeah, I used to go to Toys R Us and play it. Well, and then, yeah. and then you talk about, like, the opposite of a great advertising campaign. Like, those commercials with, like, the caveman and, like, that... Remember that? And like the virtual boy like attacked him and like wrapped the controller around him and like pulled him into the oh. virtual boy. Like I was so confused as a kid. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't know oh, what it I is. Don't I don't remember just, that. No, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't remember it either. It was bad. Yeah, that was my first experience with the virtual boy. Like you were saying, just like the story kiosks. And well, it was always that one game too, like the flight one that, right? Is that the one you played too? No, I actually had, they had Waterworld at the one I played. Shut up, really? Yeah. I remember seeing nice. like, and then it had like a little base to it. Yeah, it was kind of weird. That's actually kind of cool. I only ever played the other one. That's a weird period. Like even like I've been saying, like Atari dominates this, but like we haven't really had that much of a virtual boy thing. Like it was just like a blip. Like it was like a speed bump on the. <clears throat> yeah. They pulled the plug on that so fast. Yeah. But to answer this kid's question, yeah, don't worry about the Jaguar. Like top-notch games, yes, it deserves a place right alongside your Genesis, your Nintendo, and your Super Nintendo. Classic <laughs> <Yeah>. cartridge games. <laughs> Just invest heavily. You're right, $250, it's a steal. Steal. Or wait a year and a half after it's launched, and you can just buy it new for 25 bucks. But it's up to you. It's up to you. Get one. Yeah, it's... Do the, I mean, do the math. <laughs> do the math. <laughs> Uh, that's good. <laughs> okay, I got a couple uh, rapid-fire what-ifs for you guys. What if Gumby was a clay fighter? Isn't he kind of? <laughs> yeah, I think he would fit right in. <laughs> he, he punches a lot of those blockhead guys and like fights them on a regular basis. So, yeah. I'd, I'd argue that he was the original clay fighter, really. The OG clay fighter. Yep. <laughs> maybe he's like, maybe he's like the, he's like the Shao Kahn of this whole like tournament. He is the he's guy the running the show. Out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could see it. Yeah. What if Aladdin rubbed the game genie instead of the lamp? It's a deep, that's a deep question. I'm not sure how to address that. That is. I feel like it would be a lot less useful. I mean, if you get the regular genie, he could help you cheat as well. Like, there's a lot more applications, I think, with the actual genie. Also, are you implying that he directly rubbed the genie at some point? Because I feel like that would be a way different movie than the one that we actually got. You don't remember that part where he got an extra wish back? How do you think he got that? 
<laughs> oh, it's like a way better subplot to Aladdin than we actually got. <laughs> <laughs> what if Mario rolled a, rode a Harley instead of Yoshi? I guess Pete would probably be a lot more happy. <laughs> did you know? Okay, this is a little off topic, but did you know that they had to change the animation for Yoshi? Like, because you know how like you uh, do like the jump thing, and like there's an animation. But originally, the original animation was uh, Mario donkey punched Yoshi in the back of the head and it made him spit out, oh, the, yeah. out his tongue. <laughs> yeah, I have. I did see that. <laughs> so he was literally like clocking this dinosaur in the back of the head to get him to spit out his tongue. <laughs> so wrong it's a good answer less uh less uh animal abuse i guess if he rode a harley yes i'm just picturing miyamoto stopping by like the harley <laughs> headquarters and having meetings trying to like get the gauge the the culture of the harleys the harley culture and see where that fits in <laughs> the nintendo world <laughs> seems like a natural thing for him he wouldn't be out of place at all I assume he'd switch outfits too as soon as he got on it, right? Yeah, the power up outfit would be, you know, leather, assless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> what if the Mortal Kombat characters got arrested for murder? Well, you wouldn't have a game. That defeats, yeah, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of the tournament, like to fight to the death. Plus, are you going to tell me that, like, in a game where the contestants can, like, rip the frickin' spinal cord out of people at will, they're going to get themselves arrested? Come on, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It would just be a pile of, like, police corpses at the bottom of a spike pit. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I mean, it'd open it up for uh, more contestants, though, right? That's true. True. Maybe that's how we got the sequels. I would hate to be, like, in the prison... With, you know, one of them, like, Sub-Zero, oh, yeah, I froze him and then, like, took his heart out. And the other guy is like, oh, well, I turned him into a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's going to do it. So that's going to put another episode in the books. Justin, do you want to take us out? Yep. Um, So you can find us on, we got the website. It's going to be weekendpodcast.com. On there, we got links to all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Um, as Ryan had stated earlier, um, feel free to send us email, um, comments, questions, anything. We can get them into the next episode. Um, our email is weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. And as always, be kind, rewind. <laughs>